was good. Yeah, it was a good expansion, actually. Shivering Isles was, was a great expansion. That was an expansion Isles. more than a DLC. It was an expansion, right? yeah. 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 It, it blew Marwyn's expansion out of the water, which was It was like good. the last, one of the last big expansions I could think of. Because every other game since then has just been content expansions at best. Yeah. Uh, on the topic of Elden Ring DLC, I could be more happy that uh, I recently hit my 400 hour of that game. 400 hour of Elden Ring. And, uh, beat it four times now. Um, and you know, four playthroughs of Elden Ring is like, you know, I guess if you're speedrunning it, it could be actually very fast. But it, it, it's, you know, it's a huge game, um, uh, and I really am excited for more. I feel like it's taken me a year to digest the game, and I, I, I did think I complained about it on the pod in the beginning a lot, but I, I kind of don't really have money those complaints still, other than those final couple bosses are a little annoying. Really, just the pot, mostly the final boss and the final two bosses maybe. Malakastle annoying too, but uh, it's it that game's amazing. Uh, I think I do think I'm kind of like reevaluating my FromSoft listing now. Having what like really digested that game for a year? Yeah, I think it's really good. Is it still Bloodborne's the most overrated FromSoft game? I can say that because Oren's not here. By the way, Oren, uh, shout out to Oren. Oren is uh, doing something for work. He's traveling. He's hanging out in the halls of uh, power. He, he's uh, he'll he'll be back. But uh, so. What's up, Oren? But tell us <laughs> yeah. about this this FromSoft ranking, this this shakeup. So I I I I don't want to say Bloodborne's overrated because I think Bloodborne is an incredible game. Yeah, yeah. I think the way that people talk about Bloodborne though can be slightly annoying sometimes because I'm like, you know, it's very similar <laughs> to Dark Souls. Like it's a lot closer than you guys are giving. Like, you're like, it's so it's like so fast, it's so different. I mean, it's pretty pretty close to Dark Souls Three. They're pretty similar gameplay. So, but Bloodborne has this amazing atmosphere and setting that's totally original and different feeling from those games. But I just like, I, I mean, I have to say, like, it's pretty goddamn close. Like, it has transforming weapons, which is incredible, really cool. It has a visceral attack parry system, and it has the healing when you attack enemies. And then you, and the dash system is different. Is you you, da- you dash rather than roll. But like, it's pretty close, I think. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I just, I love Bloodborne. I think it's like one of the best games. I, I just, I just think like. People talk about Bloodborne like it's like somehow so different than Souls, and I'm like, I really don't feel like that's the case. I feel like they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even visually, like Bloodborne has a lot of callback to Dark Souls yeah. games. Like the goth, the Victorian Gothic setting <clears throat> is you know kind of interrupted sometimes. But you look at Dark Souls games, and a lot of the architecture is like Gothic, very Gothic, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's not it's not medieval Gothic. It's like post Gothic. So yeah. I would say even visually. Bloodborne is a visually yeah. similar game. Yeah. It is. And and that's fine. I think it's great. Like I, yeah. I love that yeah. about that game. Like I love that Bloodborne is like Dark Souls in like in a you know an eighteen fifties gothic setting. Like I think that's really cool. I think that's that's really awesome. But uh I just wanted to mention though that I was looking at the architecture for Elden Ring because I was thinking Elden Ring isn't that gothic actually. Yeah. It it's kind of like more Romanesque looking. Yeah. And yeah. and just medieval. Like it's like it looks because Dark Souls is very gothic, like serious, and so in Demon Souls, the original also was kind of more medieval and like Romanesque looking. Like it had kind of like so. I don't know. I was just thinking of you, Ben, actually, on this topic of like I, ro- of architecture. I know you love architecture. I fully, I fully agree on that. Actually, like when you when you look at Elden Ring just from a just basic standpoint, like the visual the visuals of the game, especially the architecture, like you said, is very. It's more like fantasy medieval based, like. It, you have more of these fantastical medieval spires, and it's, it's they've cut out a lot of the excessive ornamentations that 
the Dark Souls series had, which would be Gothic architecture's favorite thing. And Romanesque, like you said, is more simplistic. It's very it has a lot of arches and it's arches. And there's not there's not too many needless spires and things like that. And and Demon Souls was very much the same. Like if you look at OG Demon Souls, like before remake, because they gothicized it in the remake. uh, They did, yeah. It is exceptionally romanesque like all the architecture is very simple pretty but simple yeah Mm -hmm. Hmm. so i'm curious in this dlc how are they gonna are they gonna like because i think the dlc everyone has always the dlc and we get one screenshot and there's already like 30 minute long videos (laughs) analyzing (laughs) analyzing the screenshot but uh I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just I'm just excited it's going to happen. I know I've always talked about the Chalice Dungeons. That's what I hope that's what they bring to it next. Elden Ring is kind of like the, uh, the like you know, the greatest hits from soft game. Like it kind of has everything in it. So I think it's possible that that could happen. I really hope it, that's what the case is. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure, Aaron, to answer your question though, uh, where this would place. But I think like it might be better than Dark Souls Three, and I think Dark Souls Three has way better bosses. But I think this game, like, it might be a better game because it's just so massive, and the open world is just so good. Hmm. They they nailed so, the open world aspect. Like, yeah, I, I was not sure how that was going to be implemented, and dude, it's my favorite part of the game easily. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. All right. And uh, any... what do you think, as our as our quote resident <laughs> Elden Ring hater? Yeah, not really. Obviously, my, you don't really hate my... it third or fourth favorite from soft game so yeah. yeah and like you said it's like the best open world game i do i think the open world is is the best part i think everything else kind of suffers a bit for that but uh but the open world is, is really good um i don't know I, i'll play the dlc I'm, I'm cool with it i'm excited uh i'm, I'm like where should i play it i'm kind of curious i'll probably play it on pc because i played most of the game on the ps5 like 160 hours on the ps5 so i don't know what to do but i, I also don't have any attachment to that that character anymore like i don't have a lot of drive to play the game so when the dlc comes out it might be fun to play it fresh with a fresher character yeah yeah for sure for sure, for sure. i think it's going to be uh kind of have the hardest boss i've ever done yeah i'm not looking some, forward to that honestly so I, I know I, like, some of the elden ring bosses are like close to the difficulty of the dark souls 3 ring city which i think is like the hardest content they've made that's not sekiro yeah like it's like at that level basically uh but, so we'll, we'll yeah. yeah, but it's like they're like, okay, we got this boss fight. He's so hard. The te- the testers are having a hard time with him. Like, you know, the boss designer can barely beat him. And then somebody walks in and says, all right, double his HP. Good to go. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. let's, fuck, let's fuck him up. Come on. <laughs> I, do, I do think, though, like all the bosses that I was struggling with, primarily except for the final boss, like there's definitely ways that you can smash them. Uh, with builds, there's just a lot. It's just like they have weaknesses. I think that's really well. Important. Yeah, you can make cheesy builds, but I guess like it's not even just cheesy. It's like there's just they have weaknesses that are defined that you sure, can exploit sure. in an RPG way. I think that's cool. All right, well, well, Elden off. Ring DLC. I can talk about Elden Ring all day. Uh, it's funny that <laughs> that like so I just hit 500 hours in uh, Counter Strike since like 2012, and you are quickly approaching my 505 hours of counter-strike in a game that came out a year ago yeah slow down it's slow down it's gonna pass it's gonna be a must-play game i think i think it's at this rate and there's still so much to do so yeah yeah uh speaking of counter-strike there is heavy rumors cs2 csgo2 probably gonna be a source engine version of the game I know maybe not everybody's as excited as I am about that, but I'm pretty excited about more Counter-Strike. Uh, Counter-Strike's weird because it's, it's super popular right now. It's actually like 
consistently been becoming more and more popular on Steam. So adding a new version is likely to spike its popularity in a dramatic way, which we'll see what that means. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, some more news on that front. That could be could be a cool thing. Um, did you guys watch the Starfield trailer? No, I did not yet. No. My biggest takeaway was something yeah. I didn't even notice when I watched the trailer that Aaron uh, pointed uh, out was that yeah. the the lady. Yeah, you Aaron posted on on he texted me and then he posted on Discord and I was like, holy! Oh, shit. oh was, what, my what, response what, was, holy that, shit! Are you kidding thing? me? Is that that twin so, thing? There's a lady playing on an ultra wide monitor, and the resolution that's displayed of the image is 16 by 9. There's black bars. There's black bars. They literally showed the so same trailer. It just it's just disappointing because, as we all know, that studio is known for technical issues on PC. Um, <laughs> Fallout 4 still runs like shit on PC. It still does. They're known for technical yes. issues on everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm just like. Come on, guys. Can yeah. we like that engine code is just so bad. Like I, you make great, you make such good games. Like yeah. you just are. Are they are they gonna use the same engine again? Like yes. did they just rehash it again? Yes. Oh, the game God. Yes, yes, dude. I they've mean, been using that since Oblivion. Oblivion <laughs> supports twenty one by nine natively, <laughs> but I think Skyrim doesn't. It's one of those so weird I, things. Ugh. They just keep on rehashing that engine over and over again. Like, I remember when Skyrim came out, they finally had dynamic shadows, which was a huge deal. And I used to mod back then, but you can only have, I think, four dynamic shadows on the screen at a time. Or maybe even in a, in a cell. Otherwise, they would glitch out. And I think with Fallout, they upped that a little bit. And what, what did they up it again? Like, is, is that, so the, did, that the bonus? Did you watch? Way better. Like, yeah, the graphics look here, good. The game looks the like it's going to be together. good. Did you watch trailer, Ben? No, no, I haven't. Ben is Ben. Ben, if you guys don't know, is like like I am with FromSoft. Like Bethesda's like his. That's like your jam. That's your bread and butter. Yes, old, old so Bethesda I, and TS Bethesda and Fallout Bethesda for sure. Yeah, so I'm just curious what you think because that's like your favorite stuff. I'm I'm excited at the concept of it, but I'm again I've been lagging a bit because of my just life existence. So. Mm. I'm a little disappointed to hear that they're going with the same engine because that's news to me. I was hoping they'd do a new one yeah. because I really, the oh, one thing I want that they're doing well, the same engine. Or it's you not just confirmed, that? but yeah, I, I had read that. that. I, I had looked into okay. it and, and, and I think it was, they said that it was Gamebryo. It just, it just wouldn't surprise me unless they like ground up created like Gamebryo two, which I doubt they did. Um, it's, yeah, I, I just I want to see new a new physics engine. I want to see the bodies not look like they float in the air and like do this. I want the you know if, if you kill someone sitting down, I want them not to like belly flop off the chair. Like I, I just want a new engine. I want some upgraded engine because. <sighs> okay, here we go. Here's a quote from from uh, Howard. Fallout 76 uses a new render, a new lighting system, and a new system for landscape generation. This is talking about Gambrio, uh, for context. For Starfield, even more of it changes. And it's for Elder Scrolls Six out there on the horizon even more. Don't even Forks talk about that Howard game. How dare they talk about Forks. that game? So, so just, just for for reference, it's using the creation engine, as they call it, which is yeah. just a modified Gabriel. Yeah. Gabriel is, is the Oblivion engine. Creation became, I think, with Skyrim, it became the creation engine. Hmm. Yeah. I, so I guess there's a question. Does Fallout 76 run bad? Does that? I mean, that's a new. That's the most recent game they've made. Does that have performance issues? I haven't yeah. actually played it enough because I, yeah, I, I hated the concept. It. I hated the concept of it, so I didn't really touch it much. 
you know. Yeah, just... I never touched so, it. So, like, I guess, like, taking a step back, I am excited about Starfield. I think this trailer didn't really say much to me at all because there was hardly any content in it. Um, but I do. I think, like, I have a cautious optimism because the that sixteen by nine thing really is just like. I mean, it's it's probably just someone it's the most testing, unforced you know? error like, of all time. Obviously, they're playing on Xbox or something. I'm sure the game yeah. will support. Ultra I mean, do you the the fact that they show it in the trailer specifically? Do you think that could be rage baiting? Maybe like, like they they do you, do you literally think they're trying to get reactions. Maybe maybe like it's just crazy. I think that it's that just made like it through multiple editing passes. Multiple producers had to see that. Game yeah. creators, stakeholders had to see this video. Like, yeah, let's let's show someone playing on a non-native resolution on a monitor. That's it, smart. Let's put that in our trailer. We've had like just, two whole minutes sounds, of trailers for this game. We're gonna do that. It sounds too like obvious. Like w when you post a question on something and it's so stupid sounding that you get ten thousand people that come to correct you. So bam, you get engagement. So I just this... read. It's so funny that you say that. I was just reading someone said that the best way to get the right answer on the internet is to say something wrong and have them correct you rather than asking yep. a question. Because people <laughs> don't like to answer; they like to correct. It's it's correct. That, yeah. that's that's yeah. you know satisfaction, I guess. So it's I, I, I feel like I feel like this could be rage baity. I, I don't know. I maybe I have no idea, but maybe. Yeah, you might could be onto something. That it's because it's it is hard for me to understand how that made it through. Yeah, I've worked on videos like this. Like you, you. It's not like one person did this in their in their, in their basement. You know, dozens of people had yeah. to watch this and sign off on this. Yeah, and it you think the people so who easy. are working on it don't don't like wouldn't maybe notice this de this specific thing. It's crazy. I mean, they're video production people though, so I would think that they would it. know resolution aspect ratio. So no, no, no. I'm saying Todd Howard had to watch this video. People who work on on the game had to watch this and sign off and be like, yeah, this is what we want. Like, like it wasn't just some producer and editor worked on this that was like people at bethesda definitely watched the video yeah yeah and they could have been weird. like yeah that clip's just playing a little weird for me why don't we swap that out for another clip of some dude sitting on the couch uh i don't know i'm, I'm gonna have to watch this because you guys have made me very interested now besides the fact that it's just starfield it's funny because i didn't when i watched it i didn't i wasn't looking for it so i didn't even notice it oh. but like it, it's a quick it's a quick dude it like, was like a like, tack in my fucking corny or in my no eye no like it, it was just i bad. i think it's a good eye that you saw it it's just funny because <laughs> i didn't i didn't see it initially so you know? it's it's working on me because i specifically want to watch this trailer now because of this yeah bit of information this, this this observation so it is working. frames out of the video yeah yeah it, it's worked i'm I, i'm the, i'm now following it so <clears throat> besides it being starfield which again is cool i'm you know i'm excited yeah. for that but now it's now i hear it's got a fun little bit in there that i just want to mock so totally mm -hmm. totally uh trailer ran at 60 frames per second kevin do you think the game is going to run at 60 frames per second on consoles i should say um it probably will yeah um it's i, I don't know if it's a cross-gen game i think it's only next gen right i think it's not cross-gen yeah but i think it's still early enough in this console cycle that it'll be a 60 fps game i think like if it came out in like three years it'd probably be 30 fps i think mm. i think 30 fps is inevitable the more I think about it, the longer we come across this console gen, I think it's going to happen. But uh, I think currently, I think that's going to be a 60 FPS game. Will it be a lock 60 FPS? Oh, no <laughs> fucking no who knows on that. No but uh, I think they'll definitely, the target will be 60 if they, if they have it in the performance mode. It'll probably be like a 1080p upscaled kind of deal. Earth. Hmm. Okay. My theory. So as an as a amateur modder. <laughs> I am surprised. You should watch a little bit of this and just give us some real-time commentary. On, on at least the gameplay part. Do you feel like doing that? I can definitely do that. 
I notice now Discord has the ability to stream YouTube videos, but I'm not going to do that because... Uh, Why don't you do that? Why don't we want to watch that? Uh, uh, the two minutes and 40 seconds video or the teaser trailer? Uh, the most recent one, whatever, whichever one's like a week old. Oh, that, we just watch word. it all together. Uh, there's a three-day old one. Yeah, yeah. That's... 240. Okay. 240, yeah. I'm going to view it. Uh, let me let me make sure it's piping through my head headphones. It is okay. All right, I got it set. Space, the final frontier. Did you start it? Yep. Okay. Oh, that was clever to have have the logo play out. That was cool. I like how it's um, it's a very science fiction game like, so far a lot like... of the visuals are reminding me of um of uh star ocean mm. star ocean the jrpg yeah yeah huh. like it's it's very different than fallout which is kind of a very yeah. silly and kind of gaudiness this has a very like this is like, like very more grounded mass i totally agree this is yeah. this is wild yeah cool that's that was... spinning stuff like, like he has an Eva spacesuit, you know. Like, it's like it's very like. Sci this is this is a, I mean, just production wise, this is a great trailer. Like, very good. Yeah. Now skip ahead to the two minute three second mark. <laughs> okay, I am skipping to two minutes and oh, there three it is. seconds. <laughs> Does she have a controller in her hands? <laughs> um, but I don't you know what though? She has a keyboard Xbox. in front of her. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just expecting well, her to like have like an OG Xbox controller yeah. in her hand, like the bulky one. And just... the I, I do like how there's a Securitron and a Caco Demon. Yeah, apparently you get lots of, actually. lots of toys if you work at Bethesda now. Uh, you can have. Oh man. Uh, Caco Demon. Todd Howard is like a, a vampire man. He never. Todd, ages. Todd Howard. Still, well, I mean, he's starting. Young. He's starting to look a little bit. Um, Little, little up there now. You know, he's, he's kind of looking. Yeah. He's kind of looking like he could play the mom in a rom com at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, or maybe an aunt in the rom com. Like, he's also yeah. So the release date was pushed back. Is that correct? Yes. June third. Yes. Oh, like, dude. June eleventh. No, not but, September. Um, I thought those uh, monster designs look cool. They do. Oh, September. You're right. Yeah, September, September 6th. 6th. It was going to so, be yeah, got... in the first half, but now it's not. So you know, the the visuals remind me of Outer Worlds too. Like it looks like they're going for that super like high high sci-fi look. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is damn cool. And it, assuming it's Bethesda, like this is their type of game, it's going to be open world to a T and open hopefully, planet. Hopefully not. Multiple, there's a thousand planets. Yes. And so hopefully if that's the case, it's not going to be world spaces. It's not going to be like loading into something. Hopefully you can just dynamically go from place to place. And that would be exactly that would what, be incredible. That would be what I want. Like mm -hmm. if that's the case, then they're fulfilling what I want from this game. So, so I would say this too, just on this topic of this game. Like I know I'm a little, I'm slightly not cynical, but a little like, you know, just, just, just cause Bethesda's track record for technical stuff is like a, a bother, but I think they're right, total biscuit. No, I I think uh, I think um, total. I actually don't know what his content. What does he say? Uh, oh, he's he's, he's snarky, but uh, yes. he's very very. He's, he was the cynical Brit. Oh, uh, yes. I don't really think I'm that cynical about I, these I'm guys. Kidding. But just yeah, keep going. Just tech, from a technical perspective, I think like they have a bad track record. Not like from levels or anything, but like um, 
I think the game is like kind of the game like that I'm always like you're always like oh this is the sci-fi game we've always wanted right like but oh you can play it forever. Was first, uh, first forever it was game. um it was Starbound was that game for me it was yeah. like a Terraria sci-fi game which definitely was not yeah. and then it was No Man's Sky right <laughs> and, and and No Man's Sky I think like delivered like forty percent of that it got there which sort 50, of fifty fifty percent I think if I think if this game is like eighty percent oh yeah seventy percent of that that's all I need. That's yeah. all I want. You'll yeah. play it for I mean, 400 hours, right? I don't know. I if if it's that good, if yeah. if if yeah. Yeah, I mean if if it's like Bethesda, you know, like you said, has a track record. Like people both love them, but they also roll their eyes when, "Oh, here we go again." Like I wonder what's going to happen now. Is am I going to put it am I going to play on my PC? My PC's going to explode. Like are my <laughs> screens going to fry? Yeah. Are are there yeah. going to be black bars? <laughs> because why not? Yeah. So it's I I'm a huge fan of them. I mean, I, I still put the maps from all the games I love on my wall, like like I'm still a teenager, but I fully expect them to be Bethesda on the other side as well. You know, there's going to be some horse armor going on. Mm. <laughs> For sure. You know, I had horse armor, and Me I too. put it on Shadow Mirror, and Shadow Mirror lost his invulnerability because he becomes a different NPC when you put the armor on him. It's it's a physical yeah in, in the oh, no. in the construction in the construction yeah. set you have to physically change the models to have horse armor on, so yes you yes, broke that, that Shadow Mare? that's like yeah actually yeah. tragic, it yeah. is yeah. So I had to go back to my to an older save which mm. I luckily had. The horse, yeah, horse armor is a bad DLC yeah horse armor sucked it just sucked ass it was bad yeah yeah it was crappy. Hmm. All right, Starfield guys, I I think it looks good. I think uh, it looks good. I think I yeah, might I'm gonna wait. Buy it. Well, so actually, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to play it day one. I'm going to play it day but one. But I'm, I'm going gonna, to I'm wish that I had waited six months for the patches to iron out the many kinks that will absolutely be there. Uh, it's going to be like uh, and the cyberpunk all over again. On PC. Dude, the, yeah. the jank videos that are going to that populate Twitter for months, I am going to watch and eat with popcorn in hand. So, so uh, the fact that they're uh, delaying it, though, is a good sign for that polish level. Yeah. Um, or... Yeah, I mean, maybe or, not. But or I mean, it's a sign that, 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 that there's a lot of Well, I mean, the fact that they're delaying it means that, the they're not, that, 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 that they're yeah. addressing something. Yeah. They're working so. on it, not rushing it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Dead Cells Castlevania. Kevin, what did you think of that? Um, I think it's... Uh, so, okay, I got it. And I first started playing it. I was like, man, I can't find this DLC. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, I haven't played this for like an hour. And Aaron's like, you started the DLC yet? I'm like, no. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't, it's like the hardest, the hardest DLC to find in any video game. I can't seem to find it. Um, I looked online, they said you should play the first level and it'll show up. And like, I played the first level like six times and it didn't show up. And it turned out that I had purchased it, but like, Steam hadn't populated the DLC on my game yet. For some reason, I think like, I launched it like maybe just a little too early. Oh, it didn't upload or whatever download. It didn't like download, or it it didn't. I think it didn't download the the, the like key to unlock the DLC for the game. Mm. Like it probably had the DLC like <clears throat> locally, but it, I couldn't use it. So I anyway, I got that that ironed out, and then uh, uh, I started the DLC. And I I will say the first thing I noticed was that um, Richter's sprite was really poorly drawn and not this is not emblematic of the dlc's quality at all but um it just it's more emblematic of like indie pixel art of like he has like like it just was weird because this is just me being like like particular symphony of the night has some of the best like sprite art in any video game like ever made like easily like i think it's probably probably my favorite pixel art of anything 
And just seeing him like in this kind of like really low fidelity sprite like slightly threw me off. But other than that, in the, and also Alucard's sprite too looked a little weird. But I think the actual like level design of Symphony and or Symphony and the games is very well done. Like the uh, the team really clearly knows Castlevania and cares about it because they have so many details they have they get right for this DLC. Um, I think fundamentally, at the end of the day, I am not a huge Dead Cells person. Um, so like. Despite the fact that, that that I love Castlevania and I think like the, the same thing that can be in a Dead Cells would be Castlevania, it's still probably not quite enough to really get me to want to play Dead Cells on the regular. Um, I did play through the first three levels and they were well done. Um, they have some rearranged music which I thought was sounded a little strange. I think maybe like I don't know. I just have like in my mind what Castlevania is. But at the same time when I was playing it, I realized how different <clears throat> Dead Cells actually is to Castlevania cuz I cuz I my mind like kind of you know how, like when you play something your mind like it's like oh I'm playing this and then you kind of like adapt into it. My mind was like trying to like f- like fill in the Castlevania like things I'm like oh this is not I'm not playing Castlevania. This is not Castlevania. These games do not play the same. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um I think fundamentally like, I think it's they did a great job. Um I'm probably not just a huge Dead Cells fan, but like if you are a Dead Cells fan and a Castlevania fan, like this will be like the best thing ever. So I really appreciate the Castlevania elements of it, um, but I think Dead Cells maybe just isn't for me. Mm. Sure right. enough, I would check it out, but I feel like I might have hit my my limit of Dead Cells. Even though I love that game, I you know sometimes you get to that point where you're just like no more, I'm good. I had my fill. So um, it's primarily built around Symphony of the Night. Yeah, like that's the like main. It does have some little Castlevania three as well, hmm. and other and other stuff. There's there's some other homages. There's some there's some fun little details on the levels. Um, you can unlock Richter to play as too, as Richter mode, which I really want to get, and I think maybe that might be I might enjoy more. But I definitely had the thing of where I was getting far into it, and then I died, and I just didn't want to play anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, all right. Uh, I beat Returnal. Not only yeah. did I beat Returnal, I beat the fuck out of Returnal. It was uh, substantially easier on a mouse and keyboard for me. So, uh, Returnal beaten. Um, Oren said, Kevin, Aaron, a year or two later, after you've both beaten Returnal, you're going to come back to me. You're going to say that these 2021 Game of the Year awards were botched. That Returnal that should have won. That's what he said. Back then? Yeah. And, oh, that's uh, amazing. And so, uh, I don't know. could be right. I, I definitely feel more strongly about Returnal right now than I do about Forza Horizon, our, our Game of the Year winner. But, eh, hard to say. you know. So, I think Oren was right. Wow. However, I hadn't played it, so I'm not going to vote for a game that I haven't played. So, I couldn't do that in good faith. But, yeah. Oren was right. He's totally right. I mean, that's that, that was definitely better than Forza. <laughs> There's no question. And I, I could see why agree. he was... I could see why he was dismayed. Mm. And Oren, Oren I, I hear you, man. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm completely inclined to agree with that, yes. Yeah. So, so. I didn't play Returnal. I'm playing the uh, Tower. I beat the game. Now I work on the Tower. And the Tower has a whole other story piece. Mm-hmm. I also got the true ending. Mm. So, uh, man, Returnal's good. It's good. I love that game. It's really good. So good. Uh, Getting Bobby Kerlick from the Midsummer Composer to do the music is like, I, lo- I love the music for that game. I actually listen to the Midsummer music a lot too. I was listening to it today, as a matter of fact. Hmm. So I just I'm really excited to see uh, what they do next. Um, they finally patched the PC version. It's mostly I I don't know if I don't have problems anymore because things are compiled or what, but I, I've had fewer problems than I had 
I, I, there was both an NVIDIA driver, which really fucked up Modern Warfare 2, and uh, uh, a patch. So maybe the game just is in better shape now than it was when it launched. It wasn't in terrible shape before. It was just a little a little wobbly. Um, but plays real, real nicely with mouse and keyboard. Uh, speaking of Modern Warfare 2, Kevin, what the hell is DMZ? So, is that like TMZ? Like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like kind of run around and collect celebrity gossip and then exfiltrate with it and everyone <laughs> wants to kill you and take it from you. How nice. juicy and how spicy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a offshoot of um, Call of Duty's Warzone mode, which is Call of Duty's version of um, PUBG or Battle Royale. Fortnite or whatever, whatever, Battle Royale. Um, and it's, from what I understand, heavily influenced by... Um, Tar- uh, Escape from Tarkov and um, apparently originally the Ubisoft game, uh, The Division's, I guess it's called Dark Zone? Yeah, Dark. It was called. I think it was Dark Zone. So, um, kind of basically, it's basically like an, a large open map like uh, like um, Battle Royale, but there's it's 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 built much more in a sense of like there's enemy AI running around and there's kind of like dungeons that you can go and pilfer for items and there's a sense of um, gear permanence whereas if you leave the finish line with your gear that you've picked up you keep it and you can use it again the next level but if you die with it um, that next level you lose it so there's kind of like a stakes uh, to DMZ that that I think is different than PUBG even um, which I really appreciate Um Primarily, it's really a PVE game, I think, like, most of the time. And then you occasionally encounter other players, and then you kill them, and you can loot them. <laughs> so, like, we, we, Aaron and I were playing. We, got, we, we were running around doing dungeons and stuff in the map, which are called Strongholds. And we got into a fight with another, another group of guys, and um, I killed one of them, and I got his gun. And um, at the end of the mat level, I kept his gun, and I used it at the next level. Like, I had this guy's custom gun still. Um, there's something about that that's really a cool, unique thing that I, I hadn't really experienced in a game before. Like I had this guy's personal weapon; <laughs> he was had his camo on and everything, and uh, I still had it for the next level, which is a cool thing. There's something about it that Aaron and I were talking about is is like reminds reminds us of MMOs of like the like PvP element of like kill someone and like especially like what, what's the, when the, you like on Darkfall or like, Eve Online or Eve Online. There's like this 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 like uh stakes and <clears throat> sense of potential loss of of fighting people and then you kill them and you can take their items right and also mm. yeah Aaron? risk reward i was just gonna say yeah yeah risk reward yeah it, it, so it sounds like runescape and tibia to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like sandbox mmo kind of stuff like sandbox it's interesting MMO. to see those features bleed into completely different genres yeah. yeah as long as you don't drink like like the cleaner you know and just twice Uh. (laughs) so actually ben it's a lot like that game daisy daisy whatever happened to that game game. it's still around still exists still like stop top 100 steam even damn it's uh it's it's more like that than PUBG, i think actually because that game had the npcs too yeah and i don't think you could keep your gear but um we had this moment where you keep your gear in daisy you do well it's like it's permadeath right yeah Daisy is top 20 on Steam. That's crazy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like you don't keep it in between rounds, but you play it on a server, so like your life lasts as long as you do. Oh, that's true. Okay. That's right. So, you know, I actually, I'll be honest, like having played PUBG shitloads and loving PUBG, but I think I kind of like this more, this system more of like because there's a higher stakes. 
PUBG was like you get gear and then you go kill each other and like there's like there's really like no there wasn't any caught reason to be caught is cautious about your items like so you just would go and fight like full bore whereas I feel like when you have some some potential to lose something there's a little more stakes in it so people might play a little more carefully yeah true. Um, true so the funny thing about this game that I, that I think was really worth mentioning is that when you kill someone they die they get downed and then you kill them and they die but even when someone's dead they can still be revived by by the players so it has this element of like aaron got down then i got downed uh and aaron got down then i downed one of the other guys on the other team so we me and the player are facing off and we both had each other's corpses that we were guarding because like if either of us traded we could both res each other so it has this kind of corpse camping mmo mm-hmm. element of, to like world pvp that i really liked mm-hmm. um about kind of reminded me a little bit of wow or something yeah and that like in that fun world pvp element so i think this game does it does feel like a world PvP shooter game, yeah. which I've never experienced before. I really like that about it. Cool. Aaron? Yeah. What do you think? No, I like it. Uh, we've been having fun. It's uh, it's interesting, like I said, to see these mechanics that like like people bellyache about full loot PvP games not being popular, right? In, M- in the MMO space, they got killed by World of Warcraft and stuff like that. Um, and then you see a game like Valheim kind of incorporate full loot um i guess minecraft also did that terraria and now you see some of these extraction shooters i guess they're called incorporating those elements and it's uh it's cool it's like i'm always thinking about sort of like evolutionary dead ends in gaming and i feel like a lot of what i thought was an evolutionary dead end in gaming 10 years ago now there's games that have like all this stuff you know so it's 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 pretty awesome um but i was having a ton of fun playing it that one at one time like i was like because it's set on their Warzone map, which is like a big battle royale map, but there's half the number of players that there normally would be, or maybe even a third. I think it's I think the battle royale for Modern Wars uh, for for Warzone is like 150 players or something, like a really big yeah, map. It's, it's not stop. It's 62 in this mode, so it's not like you're constantly running into players all the time, like you would be in a regular battle royale. But they're there, so you have to be cautious. You have to be aware, and you can have these really fun skirmishes with other players, but. But it's not guaranteed, and uh, the the AI is pretty fun. Like it's a really good just co-op game to just go around and like complete missions and do stuff. Uh, it, it feels like a great evolution of the battle royale genre because I think people were like, "Man, I play PUBG. I spend thirty minutes fucking looking for shit, and some guy headshots me from across the map, and I'm dead." And wow, time wasted. And now it's like, oh, okay, so I'm like doing things, and you can kind of get this sense of satisfaction and accomplishment, and you can still get headshot from across the map and die. So. Yep. <laughs> I also like how you have to exfiltrate. Like you have to actually have a helicopter come pick you up. Yeah. And there can be yeah. you can get into fights with people as you leave, which happened to us. Um, like the radiation was coming in, and we're like, "Oh my god, we get in the helicopter, we're gonna die from the radiation." And yeah. then like, some people are shooting at us, and it's like, "Oh my god, we get, don't get, get on the thing, don't let them get on, get to cover and shoot them, put the gas mask on." It has right. this kind of like fun. They, they the way that they build it up, it has it builds into these really cool kind of like high level, scary moments that I really like. Yeah, there, there's something really good about forcing you to leave, too. Uh, mm-hmm. We were talking a lot, me and Oren, about Hitman uh, Freelancer, which which does a very similar thing. I love that these games force you to accomplish an, an objective and then leave and, and keep your stuff. Like, leaving is, is just as much of a challenge as, as doing the thing. And I think that that makes, it makes the whole thing more rewarding. And it gives it much more of, like, an internal player narrative. Like, oh, I had to go there. I had to do this thing. And now I have to figure out how to get the fuck out of here. And that's challenging. And that's a whole new set of resources. Um, yeah. Good shit. Yeah, agreed. 
Good stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, what the fuck is one shot? Did you tell us a bit about this, Ben? Yeah. Uh, so this is this is the game that I've <clears throat> been able to play from start to finish. It's not a long game, mm-hmm. but it's a. It, it originally started as a free RPG maker type game. You know, the kind of game you'd see on one of those websites. And which website? Apparently, uh, whatever the RPG maker websites are, I don't remember off okay. the top of my head. Okay. You're you're asking the the brain injury um so it's a roguelike technically um very interestingly technically a roguelike in the sense where the original version was a literal one shot so when you start the game and if you closed out the game or you managed to mess it up in some way there was no there's no way to restart it you had one shot to play it and get to the end hmm. so it was a literal name now it is not the name still comes into play a little bit but now they've released it as a paid-for remake version, and it's they've added a nice little element to it. Uh, they've they've expanded the story. As far as far as I know, I didn't play the OG OG version, so they've expanded the story a bit. Though the main character is Nico. He's this little cat guy, but he's not. I don't know. He's it doesn't really play on the fact that he's a cat. But you you just he wakes up in this house, and he has no idea how he got there. You're kind of getting your bearings as well. And he kind of comes into contact with this light bulb. It's basically a ball of light that just continuously emits light. And then he kind of comes to the realization that he's going to take this with him. And he communicates with you. And he talks to the player. He acknowledges their existence and basically breaks the fourth wall of the game by say, by continually interacting with you throughout the game. He asks your advice and he asks what they're going to going to do next if you know where to go and what we should, you know, if it's dangerous or is it going to hurt him or are you going to hurt him? And he kind of asks for things like that. It's it's cool. It's a cool <laughs> little dynamic that you develop with this character, which I think is a very interesting concept because even a lot of fourth wall break games, they don't really try to make you have a relationship with a character they just kind of occasionally laugh and say oh ha, 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 i'm playing a game mm-hmm. so this game kind of had an interesting take on that which i liked and the the plot of the story is you, you have to take this ball of light to a tower at the end which basically holds the sun of the world the ball of light being the sun and that's what you have to do you if it breaks if the ball of light is lost then the world's lost everyone dies and so because of the sun being gone, the world's dark. So when you go outside of the, the shack, you just come upon this wasteland world. It It's very reminiscent of the Dark Tower world. Mm. So that, that was my immediate correlation when I saw this world, because it's a bunch of futuristic industrial ruins. It's, it's kind of, if you think of the original Fallout games, like very similar to that kind of style of look. And yeah. you come across all these robots, all this technology that is running it's it's still working for the most part but it's been so far past its potential usage that it's a lot of them are malfunctioning and unable to perform their duties anymore so they're just lost and that's 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 where the dark tower reminding is comes from because boy did that story have a lot of that (laughs) so you eventually you 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 meet some robots that can speak to you more or less and they kind of give you a direction on the story and so you travel from place to place which has a different style each time and you do little puzzles you you help npcs and they give you it, it's it's kind of reminiscent in, in another case of 
Monkey Island. I want to mm. say uh, King's Quest. I want to say puzzle adventure game. Yes, mm. it's in the point and click games where you had to find an item, combine yeah. the item, do things with the item to progress to the next. There's a character standing in front of a gate. You know, you, Torn's passage. He stabs you in the stomach every time you try to get through. So you have mm -hmm. to figure out how to remove him or make him leave. So the game has a lot of that. Has some a lot of aspects of that. So you find items, you combine them, and you can also use those to get to extra places or get extra items from NPCs. Other than that, you move forward, and Nico has these dreams every time you sleep. This The sleeping is kind of a save state. And the dreams kind of show his backstory and give you more relationship on him. And he has a very sad backstory, and you know he also doesn't know why he's there. And it's, it's very... I'd say it's a little syrupy. It's kind of a little saccharine in the, in the sense to me because i'm a little cynical too but it still gives you a relationship with him you know you you kind of feel bad for him and all that jazz with this poor character he, he has an obsession with um pancakes his mm. mother making him pancakes which so literally is, it's syrupy is that... <laughs> <laughs> which which isn't it's not really played off as a joke like it's not like an anime show where it's like oh this character loves potatoes like yeah <laughs> every time they see a potato they they go crazy it's not that he misses the pancakes his family used to make and the experience with them so it mm. it mentions it mentions that that a lot uh, so he wants to go back home basically I, I don't know how much I should talk about the story keep it, like moving forward because there there's now going to be like spoilers at this point mm -hmm. because the the way the story's gonna progress past like all these little bits and bobs I've told you about is going to be important to the narrative. Basically okay. though, the story progresses and it gets more emotional, everything gets m more heavy and the decisions you make are matter a lot more. So, so if you just had to quit at that point of the game, he's just killed? <laughs> no, that would be in the original version. Uh, in the, oh, okay. the the paid remake version that you could, I believe, buy on Steam, like, I, I didn't download it through Steam personally, uh, you, every time you exit the game, Nico is basically in stasis, like the world ceases. Hmm. And then you bring it back and suddenly <laughs> like the light turns back on. And it's, you know, so to speak, because the light is still out in the game. But yes, uh, that, that he mentions that to you. He goes, "Oh, you know, were you gone? You know, where were you? Like, how long were you gone? Like, I, I don't remember. Like, everything stopped, but I was aware you were gone. And that's an interesting. It's it's interesting. Again, yeah, it's cool. it plays. How on is the, he killed? How is he killed? Um, <laughs> yeah. Did someone come and like axe him? Like what happens when you quit? So it's it's, it's not like Clock Tower where you get like basically pursued and murdered. Um, okay. It's more it's this game again is very decision based. So it, it's also not like the Sierra games where if you make the wrong decision the character guts you like a trout. So yeah. it's it, again it's more in like the danger isn't quite there. It's it's more of an emotional journey game. And then you have some decisions later on that can be a little more shuffle off this mortal coil type stuff. So, mm. yes, uh, it, the story progresses in that type of direction. Uh, again, it's it apparently has a, a secret ending or an extra ending, mm. but I just completed the classic game, so I didn't do the extra ending, so I can't speak on that. Uh, overall, the game itself has... It's a short game, but it has a lot of uh, Undertale aspects, since that's a more popular game. I meant, I'll uh, mention that. Yeah, but it yeah. did... Technically, the game did release, apparently, before Undertale, so it 
its concepts and its its mechanics, which some of the mechanics it uses are on the, the desktop as opposed to in the game. Like it does have stuff that happens like that because again, it's mentioning like you are a player and you are a quote unquote omniscient being in the game. So it does have some play in, into the regard of like you close the game and then you have to do something outside of it and then you open it up and something changes. But it's not quite as involved as Undertale was. Undertale like went really far with it. Not in a bad way, but hmm. it does have slight relations to that. Otherwise, it's without spoiling anything, it's a great game. The emotional connection is really interesting, even to a stony hearted person like me. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. I, I really I was not expecting it, but it was it was fun. It was a fun little yeah, yeah, it was a fun little it. adventure. I, I didn't, I didn't do the extra ending. I, I just right. know that I, there, apparently there is one. I just hmm. had stopped playing, so I was just done with it at that point. But it's, it's a good game. It's, it's, it's not very well known. I feel like so, it well, deserves it. I, I feel like it deserves to be played more. Yeah, the title of it reminds me of like the, like the main character would be like, my name is Knack, and then someone would say, oh, <laughs> the name's Knack. <laughs> oh. Knack. I'm sure that's that's another game. Uh, it's sitting yeah. at thirty-two thousand uh, positive reviews on Steam at ninety-eight percent. So, pretty. I, I've I've come to think that like like Oren seems to take a lot of stock in Metacritic, Metacritic, or I don't know. A lot of people do, right? Um, not to throw Oren under the bus, I do too. But like, I think the Steam <laughs> reviews are like more and more. I'm like, this is this is the best the best subjective rating you're gonna find. That's that's pretty yeah. good for most people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so ninety eight percent on Steam. That's pretty. That's yeah, pretty impressive. it's it's not like not known, but it's I wouldn't say yeah. it's like Undertale is the game that you oh, mentioned. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. like, oh man, I love that game. Yeah. And then, for yeah, sure. one shot, just like you guys when I talked about it. Just yeah, a lot of heard people, of it. Yeah, out, out, a lot of people outside the sphere of RPG Maker, which is apparently a really deep sphere. I I hmm. can't even go into it. There's way too much weird stuff going on in there. Um, great games though. It's it's pretty well known in that regard. Very cool. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. check that out. I added that, added that to my wish list. Yeah. Um, it looks really cool. Uh, something else happened this week, guys. I was sitting there on Twitter and I saw Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw Demo. And not only that, Warren had posted a few days before that like he just wished he could like fast forward time to the release of Resident Evil 4 to play it. And I was like, oh, man. And then he couldn't play this because he was on vacation. Or Dude, he's like Cartman sorry, but... in that South Park episode where he freezes himself to get yeah. the Wii. And then he, like, goes too far. It's, like, exactly the same. It's like, he, like, now can't do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, too funny. Oh, my God. Sorry, Oren. Uh, but, yeah, Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw Demo. Kevin, what do you think of this shit? I love it. I mean, I knew I would love it. Everyone knew I would love it. Um, I think it's um, when I first heard one of the Ganados say um, uh, he said Un Forastero I was like I had chills mm. I was like oh my god <laughs> this is the best ever uh, there's something about just uh, that the setting of RE4 the vibe of RE4 I love and I think they've captured it completely in this remake um, they said that when they were remaking this game they didn't look at anything other than RE4 good like that was like they wanted they didn't to look just at remake anything other what do you mean they didn't even like they like they like did they wanted to just make this game about remaking re4 like hmm. remaking it making it different but like yeah, that yeah. was the influence of the game is re4 like scene for scene almost 
yeah, they, they wanted to make it, but they've already changed a bunch of stuff. Like, like from the demo, there's already a bunch of things changed. And I also think the, um, the combat feels great. It's very yeah. heavy and weighty. Yeah. Um, it's different feeling. It's actually like a little more awkward than the original game is. Um, Leon has like a little more weight and like the guns are a little like harder to handle. Hmm. Um, I think it really works. I, well, I mean, when I got a headshot and kicked a guy, I was like, okay. Remember I was talking about this, how important this was to me, this this feature? The spin kick? Way back. This, just the, the contextual hit um, actions were like such a big part of what RE4 was, in my opinion. And I was saying if they didn't have that, then they haven't remade RE4, basically. Sure. I don't know if they, because we should go back on the pod. I, I mentioned this like uh, multiple podcasts. No, way I, back, I, I believe ago. you. I think I, I remember you saying this. Uh, they definitely it's, have that, yeah. They have that for both the knee shots and the head shots. I mm. wasn't able to produce it from an arm shot, which RE5 has, but oh. that's fine. <laughs> um, but I was really happy to see uh, that. I also thought that it was really cool that Leon, in the beginning of the game, acknowledges his trauma from Resident Evil 2. Uh, I was like, wow, they've never like done some this before. Continuity? <laughs> yeah, like some continuity and also just like acknowledgement of like, yeah, he's been through some serious shit. You know, like that was a, that was a traumatic event. I, I would imagine. Well, I love that a new recruit who just happens to survive a zombie outbreak gets invited to join the spe- the president's super special forces. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, what? I mean, Leon I mean, does some serious shit in the second yeah. game. Like, yeah, he 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 does some high profile shit. <clears throat> apparently, yeah, apparently he becomes a uh, yeah, yeah, he's a pro. Uh, you know. But man, the demo is is real good. I I uh, as as the quote unquote Resident Evil Four hater, um, I I was I was enjoying the demo. I, I thought it looked really good. I felt like they played up the horror aspects in a way that that made me happy. It had a lot of atmosphere and stuff. Like you could go either way. I guess the game could be could be more of the like slapsticky comedy. I'm sure there will be plenty of that. But like, or you could go deeper into the sort of implied horror. And I feel like there was they went into the horror pretty good. Uh, they did. I noticed that there's a notable, <laughs> a notable change of, uh, yeah, yeah. of, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing. A notable change of, um, of uh, tone in this game from the yeah. original. Yeah. And I think that they set it off immediately by seeing the fact that the dog is dead. You cannot mm-hmm. rescue the wolf. Mm-hmm. You notice that? Mm-hmm. I think they were like, this is not the same game. This is not the RE4 of old. This is a new RE4. Yeah. Interesting. So, so overall, like visually, is it similar, or did they also change a lot of the visuals in the game? I mean, it's so much more modern, high fidelity that it feels darker, more oppressive to me than. But it's yeah. I have to go back and replay Resident Evil Four, but I feel like there's sort of this like I, I don't know. It just feels much more like gross and and darker and oppressive. Yeah, in a good way, not like you're playing. Yeah, this and going, no, God no, damn in a way it. that I felt like. Resident Evil 4 was maybe slightly lacking. Okay, cool, cool. Like, because I, my, my, I love the remakes. I love all the remakes of, of a lot of these games because they shot for shot, texture for texture almost enhance the game, especially mm-hmm. the first game. But so it's, I, I'm just curious yeah. about that with this game. Resident, I'm kind of not a big fan of Resident Evil 4 2 as well. Oh, um, yeah. it, high five, high it, five. It, it, yeah, it, it, it changed <laughs> the formula for me. So that's always been my problem with the game is yeah, it goes yeah. from atmospheric horror to action horror. Yep. So, that aside, I I do care about the visuals of these games because they're still, you know, from my past. So that, that's good to hear. That's good to hear, for sure. I'm I'm glad about that. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's gonna be a really good remake. Yeah. Um, 
I, I also really like how Leon has kept his like slight action hero cheese of RE4. Um, like he still like in the end of the, the if you haven't played RE4, <laughs> um, then the and he gets attacked by the village, and at the end of that he goes. Everyone leaves going into the church, kind of like in the middle of the fight. And the original game, he's like, "Where's everyone going? Bingo!" <laughs> and he still says that, which I was just like, if he didn't say that, then I would have a serious problem with this game. But he still says it. He still has that like. But in this game, he's like the Leon of RE4 was like a little more of like an action hero. This character is like a little more of like a dork. Like because RE2 remake, Leon is also a little dorky. Like he's like yeah. in, in the best way. Like, but he he's slightly that way in this game too. He's like slightly. He doesn't seem like quite as like smooth as RE4 original Leon so okay. far um I, and i think it works i feel like a lot of the original games kind of focused more on the edginess of the situation the characters and i don't want it i don't mean to like shadow the hedgehog edginess but like just kind of similar <laughs> in the sense where like they weren't <laughs> hammy even if they kind of were as opposed to like you said resident evil 2 remake a little more dorky around the edges mm. yeah it's definitely that leon the re2 one but he's like more confident but he still is like a little bit of a dork yeah. Cool, uh, cool. So, I also um, just thought the enemies looked great. Uh, the design of everything was really, yeah. It's funny because I saw immediately noticed Resident Evil Village barrels. So I'm like, I know those barrels. Yeah. I've smashed those barrels. Yeah. So it's funny coming from Village, which was like a spiritual successor to RE4, to actual RE4, and it's like influenced by. That's what Mary, she's like, this looks just like that one game you were playing. I'm like, oh, yeah. the Resident Evil game that was like in Eastern Europe? She's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's because that game wants to be this game. Except we don't get a tall lady. We get a very short man. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I, I love the Napoleon <laughs> villain. I'm just going to say that right off the bat uh, because he, he is my favorite part of that game. Salazar? Mm. Yes. He is my favorite. So, I, I really want to see him in the upgrade. I really want to see him. The line in RE4 when when Salazar says, I will send my right hand after you. And Leon's like, your right hand comes off? <laughs> Dude, I love I hope he says love. that in this game. He better, he better say that. <laughs> I just love the interactions uh, with that because it's such a Bond villain type thing. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I, I have really high excitement for it. I did not kill uh, Chainsaw Man. Oh, I did. Um... Well, I don't know if I, I killed him or not. He, uh, I shot him a lot, yeah. but I didn't get to kill him. Um, I read that. Uh, so he's he's also he's called Chainsaw Man. He's also called Doctor Salvatore. There's the two names they have for him on the yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, so apparently, if you play the game on a super, there's a super secret difficulty that sometimes you launch the game. It'll ask if you want to play it, which makes the game super hard. And it replaces him with uh, Super Doctor Salvatore, which was in the Mercenaries mode of RE4, where he has a double bladed chainsaw and he just swings and runs really fast. And apparently he's in this version, and he's like impossible to kill. Mm. Like it's like I I love that 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 that's even an option in this game. Uh, if the, I heard they're gonna bring mercenaries mode back too, which is really exciting. Oh yeah, I love mercenaries in RE4. Um, I also did I mention on the pod that I regretted not putting RE4 in the in the in, in the top horror games. I should have put that instead of RE2 remake. Back. Did this I mention that? Too, too much going back here. This, this, I don't want to hear this. I have to say that though. I just <laughs> you, I, I made a mistake. You have mentioned it. Yes. <laughs> Okay, well, I have to uh, re-mention it because I still feel bad. Do you? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, but uh, this this demo's great. I think uh, I think even if you're not a fan of Resident Evil, you should at least try it. Yeah. Because uh, it's it's well made. The combat I, feels 
Cool. It, it feels really good. I was pleasant, uh, pleasantly surprised. I mean, I knew the game was pretty much going to be good no matter what. Like, it seemed like too many things going for it not to be. But I, but I, I liked it more than I expected even. Um, my only concern, and this is this is probably stupid, but like I was playing it and it was, I was like, I like this, I like this. But I was like, oh, it kind of reminds me of Resident Evil Village fucking hate mm. resident evil village <laughs> i was like if this turns into mm. resident evil village i'm gonna be like i know like already talking about the meta like inspirations but um like i get i guess the thing that i don't love about meta uh about resident evil village is all the like super personality bosses showboating and talking to you all the time uh, i don't think they would put that into this game because that's not really a part of like the, there's the little conversations but you're not like fucking constantly hearing from these people in resident evil 4 so yeah well, yeah, there are the barrels. There are the barrels, though. <clears throat> yeah, the barrels are there. The barrels. Barrels are good, though. I, I, I'm okay with the barrels. Uh, the barrels. Man, the RE engine just looks so good. It does. Yeah. Finally, that, that engine is just. I uh, I tried it on PC and PS5. Uh, it looked great on PS5 and ran really nicely. And it looked really good and ran really well on PC. Uh, so uh, I'm probably gonna play this one on PC. But uh, it it was. Uh, I think you'll be in for a treat no matter where you get it, except for last gen consoles, which that that seems. Is it on last gen? Sketchy. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, uh, then again, yeah, those, those will all, it be better than the Dead Space ran. remake? So that's, I think it will be. That's funny that these two games we'll are coming see. out in the same year, and they both seem to be poised to be about as good of a version of the things they could be. So, weird. And also, the Silent Hill 2 remake, which I don't think will be at this level, but that's oh, also yeah. coming out probably this year. So, <sighs> What a world we find Get these like, in. seminal works of horror all getting remakes yeah. this year. Yeah, there's just no more no more semen left. <laughs> See, you don't laugh at the dad jokes, Kevin. What am I? Uh, yeah. that, that, I mean, that was a I'm going to let that one bomb. That, that was a zinger, like, just <laughs> went straight into the ground. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, I have a quote for you, and I want to know what you think of it. Okay. Uh, this is, games shouldn't only be fun. They should teach or spark an interest in other things. What do you guys think of that quote? That's very 1990s. Very 1990s? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you... uh, I feel like it's very prescriptive, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't think they should be anything specifically. They should just be what they are. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with it, just on the, like, if it's like a factual basis, uh, but... I do think games could, you know, be more than just teaching or interesting in other regards. I think they can be experiences. Yeah, I, I think that's what this person is saying. Do you guys want to guess who said this without Googling no. it? No. I have no idea. Someone I know? Yes. Not that you personally that, know, but you know of. I like? You both know of this person. Yes. Peter um, Molyneux. <laughs> what? <laughs> Peter Molyneux. Peter Molyneux. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's best friend. This fable is going to be the best. This is the best game ever made. There's nothing will ever be better. Yeah. You'll, you'll be able to uh, um, make best friends okay, with dogs. Okay. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I guess, like, uh, so, like, on on the topic of this, like, you know, a more serious note, I think I feel this way um, about stuff. Like, oh, I think, like, the, my favorite games are the games that have challenged me in some way, or, like, they've, they've had some something about them that I found that was compelling, other than the fact that I just liked playing it. Yeah. Right? Um, so, like, probably, like, I agree with this, but I am... Um, 
I don't know. It's hard for me to like say like something should only be this or shouldn't only be that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think right. that they're Why saying they should only be that. I I think this person saying shouldn't games only shouldn't be. only be fun. They should. They, you know, they, this is some other things they can aspire to, but not that they should always necessarily that they have to aspire to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. video I mean, games guess... have inspired me a lot for a lot of other things. Like, yeah. as, a, yeah. as a kid, I was, my world was expanded quite a lot with video games and the styles and the, just the actions of it. Like that, they really helped me get to the person that I am and my interests that I am. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Uh, so there's that, and you know, I think the best games are definitely more than being fun, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm also I like playing Rage too as well it's just Rich, a fun game yeah. i just shoot stuff right that's, like that's it doesn't actually have to be... like the perfect example but yeah yeah um that's why i used it uh i because it's just like a fun game you know it's just like popcorn you know yeah doesn't have to teach me anything so like i i think uh i think like the maybe the best works this is true mm-hmm. but i'm also fine with them not so l- let me put a spin on this because i i feel and i feel like we have fallen into this trap many times who said this it podcast uh hideo kojima Okay. Uh, but um, I was going to use Death Stranding as an example, actually, but I was like, eh. yeah. I, I feel like it's very easy to critique games based on how much fun are they, and and like like I think a lot of people do that. I think it's, it's very natural to do that. I'm not saying anybody's wrong for doing that. I do that. that. Uh, yeah, you do that. I do that. I, we all have done that on this podcast a million times. Uh, we're like, oh, how does it feel? How's it, you know, like is it is it fun? Blah 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 blah. But it's it's very easy to be like, oh, well, a game isn't. Um, I guess, okay, there's two ways to think. One, should games, you know, games could be like higher art, quote unquote, like they're, they're, they're enriching us in some way. But also like, should games have like encourage sometimes some amount of negative feelings? You know what I mean? Like a horror game? Like a horror game or like a game with like permadeath or, or a PVP game or a game with challenging map mechanics or, um, inventory management you know like sometimes games do things that aren't fun but maybe make the whole experience more enriching in some way not even enriching but just more satisfying in that respect yes um i think putting the player in a place where they don't want to be or go or do something they don't want to do can not always can really Mm -hmm. work well right Mm -hmm. um and it makes me always think immediately of like the loud voices on forums or it's like oh we hate this about this game this is about this game sucks and then and then they change it and suddenly the game sucks because they listen to the fans who don't know what the hell they're talking about like they don't know what they want right they think they know what they want but they don't actually know you think you, oh, okay. You, what, okay okay what's the quote what's the, what's the blizzard quote uh, you think you oh, want it oh. but you don't <laughs> yeah he was wrong um um he was wrong, but I think there. I think there is a point to the fact. There's there's some credence to the idea that like people think they want. They think they want something, but they actually may not want as much as they want. Because like I've had this personally many times. Like oh, I, this is what I want. I want this game to do this, this, and this. And then like they do that, or I'll play and it does do that. And I'm like oh, this isn't actually that good. Like, yeah. I, it's yeah. actually better to have less. And usually this comes out of convenience in games. Oh, like it's the, almost always like, out of that. Yeah. Um, and too much convenience is bad. Yeah. Too much convenience sucks. It like saps the fun and the fun out of a game. <laughs> Fast travel for me. Fast travel is yeah, yeah, a huge, a huge fun sapper. Even though it makes you, you can get to the fun quicker. Yeah, there's a big divide on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And while I do agree on the good part, uh, the teleportation and creativity of Marwin's traveling was a huge part of the game for me. So. Mm-hmm. So an example of this quote that I think would that, that I just mentioned on this pod today 
was talking about Elden Ring's architecture. Yeah. Right? Like, I went and watched videos about architecture because I was curious about the architecture for the game. So, like, this, in this case, Elden Ring is a fun game, but I also sparked interest in architecture for me to go look at, you know. Same thing with me as a kid. Like, I mean, I was already into it, but it furthered it for me. Like, playing games that had especially fantasy architecture that that derived a lot from multiple styles huge thing for me as a kid that like just furthered my interest in the subject for sure so i i really i mean i I do agree with this this a lot like a game that can be more than just fun that can be thought inducing that can be atmosphere inducing that can be even potentially skill inducing i think is is a very big bonus yeah yeah Definitely. So I think it's easy to say like, oh, it shouldn't be. Cause it's easy for me to respond to that like so like strongly, but I'm like, eh, he's got a good point. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Right. Yeah, I think of like my favorite game last year, Signalis. I don't know if that was the most fun game I played last year, but it was the one that like stuck with me the strongest. You know, made the most impact. Signalis um, was amazing. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, it was a really good game. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So well, I guess I guess we agree. Hideo Kojima, profit. Uh, also, also, you know, knows what he's talking about when it comes to game design. Makes sense. He certainly does. That's for <laughs> sure. He's, he's not talking out of his ass. I think he's he's definitely coming from a space for that. That's that's solid. Yeah. What do you guys think about games that like have some amount of? I guess we talked a little bit about this with the fast travel, but some amount of tedium. I think, like, I, intentionally I will... added to a game can be a good thing. Like I will go back. I will go back to just my love of old games because mm-hmm. the tedium is, in certain ways, gratifying when you do complete it. Like Baldur's yeah. Gate, especially. Like I really enjoy those classic games. Um, OG Diablo has a lot of tedium, and I love the hell out of that. And again, yeah. Marwind. Marwind is the, I think, a great example of tedium in so many ways because you have to read the dialogue. The dialogue will say. Oh, the caves, I think, somewhere northeast, maybe. And I don't, I don't know, fucking find it. And the tedium of finding it and realizing that's actually west. It was not northeast. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. um, yeah. Because the, the, the tedium, I think, in my case, I prefer it because it comes across as very realistic and that involves me in the game more. Yeah. So, yeah. so yes. I think of, uh, I think of Wailing Caverns as like the perfect example of like World of Warcraft. Game oh, of Wailing Caverns, you have to like, you have to go all the way oh, to the Barrens. You have to run, get to the cave to find it. RFK. Mobs everywhere outside of yeah. it. You have to RFK. You have to, you have to, you know, you have to fight through all the elite mobs who are out outside the cave. Then to get into the cave, and then you go fight the boss. And they don't even drop the item you want, right? Dude. But <laughs> like next time you run it again, he gets that item. The satisfaction from that is yep. is unpalpable, right? It's like the whole day you feel good. Yeah. OG so, World of Warcraft is a good example, really, for yeah, sure. WoW Classic is 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 a great yeah. example of of tedium making the game better, for sure. Um, and how it was ruined by convenience. Yep. Yeah. Having as a warlock character in OG WoW, I felt so important that I could summon other players mm, to specific yeah. locations. That that was a huge boon for me, and I really I enjoyed that aspect of it. That was then stripped from me in later versions. Summoning of the game. stones. Yep. Summoning stones. Yeah. Yep. PC. Yeah, dude. <sighs> yeah. You think you want it, but you don't. <laughs> we did want it. It's good. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm. Can you guys think of some other sort of uh, inconvenience 
that's been in games that, that you think um, aided the, the classic experience? one for me. The first thing I thought of, I didn't want to mention it first, was because I, I always talk about this stuff is uh, is Blight Town. Getting stuck in Blight Town for the first mm-hmm. time in Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't fast travel yet because Dark Souls doesn't give you fast travel until halfway through the game. Yeah, and uh, it just it makes that uh, that world feel more oppressive, more scary, more threatening. The fact that you have to fight your way out to get back to the surface, which feels safer than Blight Town. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no there's no fast traveling out of there. Dark Souls One is is a great example, actually. Yeah, because the game re- like the tedium in the game rewards you eventually, because you find shortcuts, and the shortcuts are the most rewarding things ever. When you climb up that ladder, open that hatch, open that door, and you're like, "Holy shit, this goes here! I can, mm-hmm. oh my god, I can get here so much faster now." And in terms of this quote, almost exactly as this quote, it's an educational spark in the mind because it forces you as a player to connect the world and be yeah. more intelligent directionally. Like I, I, yeah. fu- I fully think that's an educational skill build is a game that forces you to remember pathways mm-hmm. and remember what's around this corner. Remember yeah, what's that door because it builds a skill. It builds a skill for you. And, and that's something that has definitely benefited me, behooved me throughout my life. Totally. The last one I wanted to mention was um, Ink Ribbons and Resident Evil. Uh, like you can only save so many times. It feels yeah. right. Like it's it's it adds that extra tension of like, oh, I only have so many Ink Ribbons. Should I go out and try and you know risk risk going out of my safe room and dying? And and I think that adds more tension and right and decision making. Right, you decision sort making. of you have to yeah. consider. Ah, this is a risk. Am I, do I go back down that hallway because I think there might be something there, or do I not? And managing them in your inventory is tedious, and it can yeah. be, you know, difficult. But uh, it it really adds to the experience of the game. I, it wouldn't save, be the same game without it. Save points, almost like in a lot of old games, the save points, like they made, yeah. like even ones that weren't limited save points, like Resident Evil. It's the tedium of a save point, basically, where you couldn't just reload immediately. Like, oh damn, I, I I talked to that that person. I didn't want me to say that. Or man, I I wanted to beat that boss, and you know, with full health. Guess what? The save point's yeah. really far back. So do you really do, do, you, do you really want to reload? Yeah. Like it, it so it kind of gave you this forced tedium that made you not want to abuse a lot of game mechanics. For sure. Hmm. I could probably talk about this all day because I do actually think tedium in games is an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. F- fully <laughs> agree. Fully agree. It's it's like bitter in like a like a dish. Like you can't just make a dish that's fucking bitter and it'll be good. But if you add a little bit of bitter to your dish, it might complement all the other ingredients right it's and it's also like a spice thing too where like bitter i feel like a lot of i i know i'm gonna sound super old manny when i say this a lot of younger generation gamers that have had no experience with it zero experience with tedium and games they've only had fast travel they've only had safe scumming they've only had whatever Mm -hmm. can can have a very hard time going back to it like not, not going back to it introducing themselves to it like they've only eaten meat and potatoes. They've only eaten bland food, unsalted. Suddenly they're eating food with salt. Suddenly eating food with spice. <laughs> and whether or not you agree that that is the case, I they have a very hard time going back to what I've noticed. Mm. Hmm. Some of them, and then some yeah. of these kids just play fucking like hardcore Minecraft, like full loot shit. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think there's a Roblox. Yeah. yeah. Roblox, dude, that's so weird. That, oh my god, that, that that's like going into the dark reaches of YouTube. Weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Roblox uh, is uh, it's my favorite game. Uh, no, I've never actually played it, but um, it's it's a thing. It's a platform. I know I know more about it than I would care to know. For oh, sure. that's funny. And, I, and I don't know that much about it to be honest. Hmm. Hmm. 
All right. Um, well, I think we are going to wrap up. But before we do that, Ben, thank you for stopping by today. Certainly. We, we appreciate having you. And uh, yeah. do you want to give us a shout out? Start with the Rex. So recommendation would be a book this time around. Usually I do a movie. Um, I, I can actually, I actually want to include a TV show after this too, but the book for the, for sure. So I'm a huge sci-fi fantasy fan, which is a very classic thing to be a fan of for sure. But this time around, one of the, my favorite things is classic. Like I almost want to say gilded age sci-fi, like high sci-fi from the fifties to the seventies, eighties, like, and one of my favorite things to collect is books from that, that time period. So one of the books I have is the humanoid touch. It's a short story. I mean, by all means, it's a short story, but it's written by Jack Williamson, and it's from, I believe, 1980. It was it was derived from a short story he originally wrote from those sci-fi magazines, I think, in the 70s. And it is the epitome of that time period. Just like when you read the earlier, I'm, I'm going to go back to it, just like when you read the earlier Dark Tower ones, and it's like mm-hmm. cathode ray, like, you know, these types of computers, because mm-hmm. at, the t- at the time, they were current. Yeah. They were no longer as the the decades went on. So this story, it features AI, it features robots, it features that question of humans versus AI in a very Mm -hmm. different time period from what we have now. And it's so psychologically weird and mind-bending and thought-inducing, and it even has some intense horror aspects to it. I'm going to call them intense because when they did happen, they were pretty damn cool. But it's all psychological horror. It's it's like that 70s type of is it a man or is it a robot like kind of like really mind bending and it's a very short book but I would highly recommend it if there's mm. any way for people to read it I I read it in physical form so mm. I I don't know if there's a way to find it electronically but it is great I'll really good that's cool Amazon or whatever if if you have to uh... really good let's, book yes yeah. I I just I, it's it's a great dip into the 70s 80s sci-fi novels of that time period which in my opinion are high high sci-fi you, you don't see high sci-fi anymore because the, the, there's a lot of low fi, sci-fi these years and mm-hmm. i think there's a really good benefit to that high sci-fi awesome yeah i'll definitely mm-hmm. look that up that's uh that's really cool yeah sounds good uh yeah for sure kevin what what, what is this um so <clears throat> i often will play games with my uh, mom and she well, likes racing games and sports <laughs> games. Um, and we were playing uh, Forza at, <clears throat> at her house. Um, <clears throat> back when I had Game Pass, we could play it. But now I don't have Game Pass anymore, so I can't play it. So we were playing a game called Horizon Chase Turbo, um, which is kind of like a it's like an indie game and a very much in the style of the old 16-bit racing games. It has this kind of like checkerboarded like ground around the roads. Like It has that, that kind of like old-school look. Um, I play it on my computer in a high frame rate. It's split screen, split screen co-op even, which is great for us. And she was saying, "Wow, this game that you can turn so easily. It's so e- like the cars handle so easily in this game. You can just like this is how I want to drive in real life." <laughs> which is funny because she's never really played an arcade racer. She's only played these like Sims. Mm. So just playing this, it was a funny experience. And after that, we played um, we played Rush too, which mm. she felt she was like this game is feels so slow and sluggish. <laughs> and I was explained to her, oh, it's because this is an N64 game. It's running at 30 FPS versus Horizon, which running at 120 on my TV. And she, she, it's funny, like she was perceiving the frame rate without really like even being familiar with that. So uh, Horizon Chase is a good. It's a really a fun game. It has a it's just a really cool kind of art style and vibe. It has this kind of like 
fun electronic soundtrack. Um, it's just like a fun kind of casual racing game that I really enjoy. So awesome. Check it out. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to steal a recommendation, which I believe it was last week. Oren recommended white Lotus on HBO max. It's, um, it's like a comedy show. I don't know. There's been, there's been a, a lot of TV shows to watch lately, right? We're flooded in TV shows and a lot of them have bad writing and bad casting and, and, and just feel like somebody's putting something out and it's kind of a first draft or whatever, or there, there, not a lot of effort was put into it. Uh, White Lotus, I feel like a lot of effort was put into it. The casting is, is immaculate. The soundtrack is really good. The direction is really good. The writing is really incisive and it's really fart, uh, fart. F- <laughs> it's really fart. It's fart. That's, that's it's, White it's, Lotus uh, is really fart. <laughs> There actually is some farting in the second season. <laughs> um, smart, incisive uh, satire that 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 has that has some really really good payoffs on its on storylines. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, there's two seasons, and I, I recommend checking that out for people cool. looking for something like that. That might actually convince me because I've been really on the fence about watching that show. So that might actually convince me to finally do it. Yeah, yeah. Oren really liked it too. Uh, it's 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 good. I, give give it at least two episodes. But okay. uh, yeah, yeah, it's. I, I think once it gets going, you'll be like, "Oh, this is, this goes places." Cool, cool. I, yeah. One one of my other recommendations was going to be a show, but just like the RPG Maker websites, I've completely forgotten the name of it. Despite the fact oh. I loved it, and what? there was just a finale on it. Uh, the finale was great. It has a very Tarantino vibe to it. It is on Peacock, I believe. Wait, what's but, the show? Uh, Look it up. Um, Look up Peacock's playlist. Yeah. Peacock <laughs> show. Peacock show. Oh, po- poker face, poker face, poker face, poker face. It, ha- it has one of the Lady has, Gaga. It has yeah. the main actress from Netflix. A lot of Netflix. Oh, the Russian doll. Russian doll. Series right, from right. Uh, Tia Leone. Is that her name? Or uh, it is. Let me just click on it. No, Natasha uh, Leone. N- Natasha Leone. She's a honestly a fun as hell actress. Like, yeah, she's great. Very character actress, but very very fun. She plays the same character in every show, but very fun. And this show is, again, Tarantino vibe. It has a very retro, like, mid-70s film vibe to it. And they mm. go for that specifically. And then it's it's the reintroduction of, like, MOTW shows. It Shows have been so plot-driven for so long. Mm. And I'm not, I'm, I don't know about most people, but I'm so sick and tired of every episode just being a bull rush to the end of the plot. Yeah. And this show just meanders the plot. The plot's there mm-hmm. and it and it drives the show, but it meanders and it just focuses on case of the week, monster of the yeah. week, yeah. just file of the week and oh my god is it refreshing. Anyway, that, that's that, cool. I, I I recommend it. I recommend getting Peacock which has nothing else on it just for the show. It's got Picard. Yeah. Wait, is that on Peacock or is that Paramount Plus? I have no uh, idea. I can't keep straight with with any of these things anymore. Is exactly. it possible to get Peacock in an ad-free form because I feel like a lot of these new fangled streaming surfaces only offer ads, and I do not want to pay money to watch ads. To me, these new fangled streaming services, there's so many of them. It, it's like going from silent films to talkies. Like I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, there's too many of them. But Poker Face is great. If you've been thinking about it, it's really, really good. And it's awesome. it's such a refreshing experience, like just great. Cool. All right. Well, Ben, thanks for stopping by. Certainly. Thanks for having yeah. me. I've had a lot yeah. of fun. 
yeah, don't be a stranger. Uh, Kevin, good shit. Yep. Orin, uh, I, I hope you enjoyed your time off. Uh, we'll see you soon. And uh, dude, okay, one thing. Before I go, I have a mail slot in my door. It's a slot, right? That, that In the door. So the mailman opens the slot and puts the mail through. And he just did this. And every time he does it, it sounds like someone's breaking into my house. It's like the loudest, like explosive noise from my door. I'm like, dude, what the speaking, fuck Speaking that? of old fashioned, yeah, that. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. This house was built a uh, hundred years ago. So yeah, whatever. All right. Cool. Uh, Madden, we love you. Check out the discord in the show notes and uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Adios. Thank you.